0: We didn't know, we, actually, we honestly, Bill, we honestly didn't know the team, that the, the type of power we had in our team. Like, we knew that we were good, but we didn't know we, we was going to go all the way and win.
1: Welcome to Sauce Talk. This is Billy Hanson. And before, before today's episode, I need to ask some advice from my listeners because I'm going through something kind of difficult in my life and I really just need some help. So I've been going to this candlelight vinyasa yoga class on Sundays. Really great bougie class. Um, They light candles, dark, and they lead a kind of gentle vinyasa class to, you know, prepare for the week ahead. Beautiful, right? So a few weeks ago, I go just like always I go and I set my mat down kind of towards the front I feel like I do better when I'm in the front because people are watching me and I, I don't I feel like I, I slack less when I'm in the front so I put my mat down kind of towards the front by the teacher walk out to you know fill up my water and chit-chat with the other yogis and then I come back into the room and I approach my mat and I see that there's another yoga mat like overlapping my mat it's like on my mat and so I just kind of pull my mat out from underneath the other mat, and I don't think much of it. I think, well, it must be a mistake or something, even though it was really weird because there was plenty of space in the yoga studio, right? And so I see the woman who comes back and takes, you know, does yoga on the, the mat that she put down over my mat, and I don't really think much of it for the rest of the day. The next Sunday, I go back. This time, I'm, I'm with my girlfriend. Take a look at my girlfriend. Uh, she's the only one and we put our mats down different place mind you different place in the, in the yoga room and again we're early so there's no there's plenty of space in the yoga room and once again i come back into the room and this time becky my girlfriend saw her just like stick her fucking mat on my mat again like not completely over it but overlapping my mat and again, I, I, you know, Becky and I look at the teacher and point at, it, and the teacher just kind of, we were friends with the teacher. She's like, I don't know what's going on there. But my, the teacher now just moves the mat to try to like diffuse the situation. But this time my mat's like next to that woman's pretty close and I'm next to Becky. And so I'm sitting down getting ready for yoga. And this woman comes back, like marches into the room. And I look at her and she gives me this kind of like side eye that communicates without speaking something like yeah move your mat bitch like this is my space it was this very like menacing glare she gave me so I'm basically being like psychologically terrorized by this woman in yoga and I don't know what to do about it I've thought about like bringing shears and just slicing her mat in half long ways with like shrub shears but again, please reach out to me via email or text or whatever you want to do because I need um, I need help with this situation uh, because my life will not be on track until I figure out what's going on with that. Okay, on to the episode. So today's guest is Noah King, and I will save most of his bio just because we walk through it on the podcast today. We really talk about his athletic journey and. Noah is just a phenomenal basketball player and an excellent teammate. One of my favorite teammates that I ever played with. He got to read just the for my senior season, so we played together for one year during my senior season recovery, and then I coached him my first year as graduate assistant, which was his senior year. And he was really just a terrific leader. And we, I asked him questions here about his leadership abilities and his track record as being just a winner in all facets of basketball throughout his career and um, I'm really it's interesting talking to him because we were teammates and we were friends but having this deliberate conversation I didn't know that he had struggled with some confidence issues at his JC and had to work through those uh, just because my perspective of Noah from my perspective he just seemed like someone who was oozing with confidence and swagger. And he was one of the players that we depended on my senior year to be the rock, uh, someone who we could always draw energy from in tense moments because he was always relaxed and confident and knew what to do with the ball. So it was really fascinating for me to walk through some of the stuff with him. And I think, you know, it was just great to get him on the podcast and I think I'll have him back at some point, so... If you'd like to support the podcast, as always, you can share it with those who you think it would find it valuable. Um, you can also post it on social media. You can leave reviews where, wherever you're listening to it, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps a lot with the algorithm. And if you want to be notified whenever new content comes out, you can subscribe to my website at BillyHanson.net, And that's where you can get updated on new pods and new blog posts and meetup events and everything else. So with that, here is Noah King. Let's get it. All right. I'm here with Noah King. Noah, thank you for joining me. Of course, man. Glad to be here. Thank you for this opportunity, man. Sure. So I want to just start with your, uh, your playing career. You grew up in Texas. Is that right? Mm mm-hmm we're at texas in dallas oh in dallas and then you moved to arizona you said in eighth grade yeah yeah going into eighth grade moved here in the summer nice and then what uh which year when did you first play varsity in high school
0: uh my sophomore year after like two games they actually they actually didn't move me up right away man i was kind of hurt because i thought my sophomore year Mm -hmm. uh i shot up from like five seven to like six two six three mm. and um so I thought I was like I'm gonna be on varsity and uh, they didn't but after after two games of playing with JV they moved me up and then I just started I was uh eventually working my way into starting being a starting point guard towards mm. the end of the season so um that was that was really that was when I had to actually like grind because I had obviously Older, older dudes on the team, you know that was just more experience and just stronger mm-hmm. physically. So um,
1: nice. And then, um what you guys? Did you win a state championship in high school?
0: No, I did not. Okay, just uh, we had, we ended up losing. We only went to the playoffs once of okay. me being there, and we ended up losing. We lost in the, the quarterfinals.
1: It just sounds like you had a great experience at Phoenix College. Um You won a championship your first year, and feel like you developed a lot as a player. They have you in the weight room and stuff too
0: oh yeah definitely definitely so you may know community colleges uh have um like older older guys there usually typically Mm -hmm. um and that's me being i was only 17 coming in as a freshman so i wasn't even considered an adult yet but i started training with and practicing with these these grown men and you know just like they were like beating me up and you know so i kind of I had to take the weight room like way more serious, mm-hmm. especially because um, I was like starting and like so I knew that they were going to be coming mm-hmm. after me, you know. Right. And um and that's what me, that's what kind of got my mindset to just be like become a dog and like work way harder because I I knew that if I didn't work, I knew that my spot could be taken and I didn't want that. I wanted to keep it, you know. And um. Mm-hmm. That just made that that mentality way stronger, and like JUCO really, really like toughened me up. Um, I've never done anything practice wise like like uh, my JUCO uh, coach had us doing, and um, you know you know the defensive stance. Man, we had to hold that for like ten minutes, like straight, <laughs> like, and we had to do it till everybody did it. Really? Like everybody had to do it. So it was just like when we first we the the, the first day we failed at it. And then after that, I think everybody kind of started getting a hang of it. But yeah, like you really have to sit there and have a mental toughness with it. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. So did, were you were you practicing long hours, like multiple practices a day? I've heard stories about life. At, I, I obviously played all four years at Regis, so I, I never played at a JC, but I've heard mm-hmm. stories from friends and teammates about how intense the practice schedule can be and... Um, the yeah, the intensity and competition between teammates and stuff. Would, is there anything else you want to say about that?
0: Yeah, it was. Um, it was so. In a, I guess we started in the summer and we were we were doing. We would go from like eight, be on the track at eight, run for like thirty to an hour, mm. and then be in the gym for another three hours after that. So from nine Jesus to twelve, Christ, and. <laughs> Right, and and that would be just, like, we would – they would label it as, like, just conditioning, basketball conditioning. Mm-hmm. And um, so then afterwards, we would stand in the gym and shoot, get a shot to whoever was, like, still there. We'll play one-on-one, king of the court. And that's really where, man, you get on that island, man, bro. Like, they really start going at you. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have no help. Everybody – all eyes is on you. and Like, so it just makes you, like – you, know, you got to come out here ready to play when you play ones and just real quick being, for the
1: young cat for the for the layman out there. King of the court is a game where um, you roll the ball out, close out, and it's one on one. And if you score, you keep the ball, and if you um, get a stop, you get the ball in offense. And if you don't score, then you have to go to the back of the line. So, and yeah, I've played in mm-hmm. my fair share of king of the court where it, that can get really heated and intense. And <laughs> yeah, especially with my my uh, my lateral quickness i would i would tend to get real real frustrated <laughs> king of the court uh sorry to interrupt hey, you hey, if if they
0: no, no if they had an official ref for you bill i think you you uh, probably win a couple of those because you can take some charges for oh, real that's right
1: that's right <laughs> that's my only chance
0: <laughs> but the only chance but um yeah that was uh they exposed me you know mm-hmm. I, I got exposed out there like uh obviously um You know, after playing at Regis, you saw that my defense was pretty good, but that's Mm -hmm. my defense got better playing against these guys one on one.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, That's that's really because you know you got three dribbles. You know, we played two dribbles, but some people, a lot of people, played three. And Mm -hmm. two dribbles, you really like the offense. You really gotta create for yourself, and on a defense, you really have to recover. Like if he hits you on the first move, you really gotta take that angle to recover, and like it taught you like way like so much because you know you got you got people that are shooters and you got the ones that are good at driving and getting to your body you got the ones that are faster or quicker than you so it just kind of give you different types of you know different types of players to go up against and get you better so that's what we love and we were all trying to get better we all wanted to we had that hunger in us and we didn't know we actually we honestly bill we honestly didn't know the team that the the type of power we had in our team, like we knew that we were good, mm. but we didn't know we we was gonna go all the way and win it. Like that was never the vision for any of us. Like we just knew that we could play well together, and we knew that our you know individuals on the team were really good. Mm. And we we just played really you know we had a long bench. A bench is very important in, in college, so we had a we had a good bench as well to you know give guys breathers when they needed it, and still come in and produce so
1: nice man well what is the what was the atmosphere like for your championship run for the playoff games and the championship itself Were you guys getting it was it pretty intense atmospheres um and was oh, it fun to play in those games definitely yeah
0: oh man so we so we're the we were the only team from the west coast oh really um that where went, was the tournament yeah that went to it was in illinois okay uh, danville illinois and um the only team so and phoenix college has never made it to the championship so we were the first, and then, um, so we, you know, everything, everybody was like, you know, going against the teams that was over there on their side, you know, whether it was from New Jersey or, uh, from, I think we played a team from Iowa. And so, like, the odds were against us, to be honest. And that's what we loved. We loved it because, like, they didn't know us. Mm. And, uh, we, got, uh, I forget where the, the the saying came from, but we had one player on our team. He was like, we're going to shock the world. Like after, you know, like just to get everybody hyped because like we just knew it. Like once we got there, we knew that and we saw everybody play. We knew that we had it like and everybody was going against us. So That's the cool. atmosphere was crazy. The, um, you know, I, My parents came out, a couple of other parents came out as well so it was it was nice we got a little bit of support, but most importantly we had each other's like mm. we were like and that's when uh the nene was like really <laughs> hot back then so we will always like do the nene before the game mm. and nice. uh and afterwards so like you know that was a great experience man it was it was fun it was fun
1: that's awesome man very cool and then you said you mentioned briefly you had kind of a heartbreak, uh, in your sophomore year, you guys were primed to try to yeah. go again.
0: Yeah, man. The, the, the two P, you know, um, that one hurt, man. That was, I, I think that's probably the first time I didn't shed a tear for after a basketball game, man. Like hmm. that one really hit home. Like, cause we don't, we, we knew since we, we know we were the target and, uh, we know, uh, we has. And so like when, it's just like, you just think back when you come up short, it just makes you think back like, man, I should have never took off this day, this day, you know, it just makes mm-hmm. you like learn from it. And, you know, I wish I would have did this, you know, just, you know, just a learning experience, but it's just, you just cry out of frustration and just like, you know.
1: Yeah. And I've um, had this, so, I don't know if you can relate to this, but especially when you're in the heat of a tournament like that and you're pushing and you're watching film and going over scouts and you're totally immersed in the in the quest for the next victory you're not paying that much you're not paying that much attention to the fact that if you lose like especially in your case you're a sophomore there that's your last game Mm -hmm. with all of your friends and your teammates and so not only Mm -hmm. do you have the sting of losing but you're like oh fuck the the season's over too these are my my friends and yeah it can be those can be intense locker room moments for sure as, as i'm sure you experienced Definitely, man. Yeah,
0: that was. That's when you just start to hug everybody. It's like it's like a senior night, but you're not even a senior, which is, you know, you start hugging everybody. Like, man, this you know, this our that was our last game. Like, yeah, we're not gonna be, you know, we're probably not gonna ever play again together, like on a on another college team. So it was just, yeah, definitely hit
1: home. All right. Yeah, well, that's that's intense. And then you arrived to Regis before my senior season and so i had a brand new coach and you were um you and a lot of new players and a brand new culture started up that that first season and i want to um Mm -hmm. so at around that time i'll make an observation real quick and then that'll lead to a question so you early on in the preseason we had a very intense preseason with brady brady was as you remember trying to build a culture from the ground up and he was very very intense and we were getting after it in the weight room and on the court and something that struck me about you early on um, didn't just strike me it struck a lot of the players on the team the coaches too was you had kind of a effortless leadership um, ability that was really contagious so for instance we did that drill and I'll I know you know it but I'll explain it to listener to the listeners so it was three on three, full court with no dribble. So, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're you're playing full court, three on three, and you're not allowed to dribble, and you have to pressure the ball on defense. And if it gets sloppy at all, like if people are cherry-picking and launching it or if people aren't ripping through playing forward, Brady will restart the clock. And it's maybe the worst drill I've ever done in terms of just like physical pain on the court and exhaustion. And so why I bring this up is that there would be points during that drill where I would get so tired that I literally couldn't care less anymore if we won or lost. I just I'd shut down and I'd do my best to not get yelled at and make the team start over. But I would just be kind of like, you know, dragging myself up the court miserably waiting for the whistle to blow or for the clock to run out. But there was always this, um, there was always this, whenever, in the days when I was on your team specifically. I remember being like, oh man, Noah's on my team. I gotta fucking, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring it for Noah. Cause A, you never got tired. And B, you were so competitive and you generally won a lot of these drills. So that was just one example. But then also you had just this kind of natural leadership ability about you. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how you cultivated that. Is that just part of your personality? Did you have to develop that over the years? Um, what are your thoughts on that ability that you have?
0: Man, so that's that's um that's really something that I um kinda learned over the years. Um I wasn't as growing up, I wasn't always like the best player on each team. Um it just came from work and so like what you when you didn't work hard, I knew what it looked like. I, you know, it's just kinda like and I just kinda like separated myself from the ones that didn't work hard and the ones that did and I kinda so then I kinda started like um Communicating probably when I was starting to be a point guard, I was in seventh grade. I shot up really fast when I was younger, and just, and then so I was being a big man, and then I stopped growing, so I I was like being a point guard, and um, so you know my dad was just like point guards are always just vocal, you know you direct people, you're the smartest one on the court, you know the ball is in your the ball is in your hands they listen to you like you know it's it's your court they on your time you know like you control everything you basically the coach's player like and uh because you know exactly what the coach wants and uh when he broke he broke it down to me i'm just like wow like you know like you basically got a little bit of power on the court which is you know everybody loves power but like you just got to learn you just got to know not to abuse it obviously Hmm. but um that was just like something that really like st- stuck to me when ever since then. And I just kind of, you know, use my voice, you know, some there's leaders out there that don't use their voice. They just use their actions, you know, mm-hmm. but I try to use a voice to like motivate others while using my actions at the same time, you know, cause it's, it's easy to be like, come on, keep pushing when you don't have to, you know, push, like, you know, when a coach is like, keep pushing, keep pushing. But when you got a player out there pushing at the same time, telling you to keep pushing like he's right there with you is like letting you know that you know you're not alone out there like i'm right here with you i'm not going you know you failed and we fail you know and then we don't accept no failures around here so you know it's just it just that's the that's the motive i had and um then i started to pay more close attention to the to the huddles around like nba players like lebron and kobe and um you know the the cameraman started to like get real close up and just their their speech before the game. Like every team has it before the game, you know.
2: Mm.
0: And um, it's just like just taking you know words, you know, and putting them in your own way, and that's kind of how I learned it, man. And I'm still learning it to this day. I, I everything I do, I I try and you know g- help guide somebody, you know.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I that that's that's all sounds great. And I, you had a way of. I'm glad that you said that. It's like um, you you led with both actions and words because you never came off to any of us as um, preachy or annoying because I'm sure you've played with teammates who will some days be on everyone really hyped up and then other days they're going through the motions and that just doesn't really Mm -hmm. work. So you had this way about you that was never, it was always like positive and supportive but also firm and I, as I said before, in that drill and in other things too, you, it put this external pressure on everyone else to like bring their game up. Mm-hmm. A- another thing I want to ask you about, and this is just a memory I have when we played together. I actually forget who we were playing. It was a really good team in our conference. might've been Metro who actually that year wasn't as good, but they had this reputation of being a powerhouse every year. And mm-hmm. so I remember being like a little timid before the game there was a kind of a nervous energy in the locker room. It didn't really feel like we had, you know how it is before a game. Like sometimes the vibe in the locker room and in the warm up is great. Everybody's loose and confident. And other times it's kind of quiet and everyone's tentative a little bit. We were on the tentative mm-hmm. side in this game. And I remember on one of the first plays you, uh, you hit like you hit this guy with this crossover and jumped. I think there, it was against their point guard. It was a good player. You like crossed them up, went in, finished with an and one. And after the and one, you like flexed and started talking shit to their point guard. And you were shooting free throws and you kept talking shit to their point guard. Like you're not going to be able to guard me today. And all of a sudden for me, I know it happened for me and I've, I've kind of felt it throughout the team too. It was like something had flipped. And all of a sudden my competition meter cranked up to 11 because I had to back mm-hmm. up you and I got... You know, I was hearing him talk shit back to you and um, It almost just lifted our whole competitive spirit So you had a you had a tendency of bringing that like healthy arrogance and swagger to the court Um, Do you want to speak at all about how much of that was? Premeditated and how much of that was also just natural
0: Yeah, man, that was it's um when there's competition on this side and I know they're gonna be good like you know, and, uh, he's supposed to, he's probably the guard. I if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the guard was probably like really good. He's probably like a red Jersey, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, um, that's just a way to get me even going. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when I, when I, when I start talking is just to get me going and see how he reacts, because if he's chirping back at me, did I know I'm, I got to him already, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just, you know, and I, and I learned that from, from Reggie Miller mm-hmm. and, um, back in the you know, trash talk used to be really big back back in the day. So and I just kinda grew up off the trash talk. So the trash talk just kinda gets me going. It's uh it makes me play harder and I love it when they start talking back because I really I, I really know like like I can back it all up and like many people don't know this no Bill, but I used to really like scout, you know, um other teams like before games. Mm-hmm. Like like more than more than what coach brady had us doing as a team i would go individually like i had i had the passwords and the, you know the username and password to get into and watch whatever game i wanted and um so i used to actually do that before the games and i used to be like oh, i already know what moves you gonna do i already know like you know like but I'm, I'm going into the game like i didn't really intentionally you know like going like i'm gonna just start talking to him but it just like um it just kind of happened it just happened to be the right play Got the end one, so it's like let's go. Like, mm-hmm. so me knowing, I already know all your moves and like, you know, fed onto it because I already know what you gonna come down and do next play or two plays ahead of you. I already know what play you gonna call and what you wanna do when you call this play. Like, but he didn't know that, so that's the that's another thing about about it. I, uh, I love playing against you know, other teams. Just the the competitiveness, that that hunger, man. I I just love it all, Bill.
1: Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because like there are different per- player personalities and you were really good at talking shit without um, and it seemed to enhance your game. Whereas there's other players who, like you said, they'll start chirping and it's almost more reactive. Like they, they'll they uh-huh. start talking and you can tell that they're competitive. They're They're getting so competitive and so frustrated that it's pushing them over the edge into making bad plays and bad turnovers. Um, So there's definitely different types of players from what I have witnessed for some like myself, I was always best when I was keeping my focus on myself and on the team. You know, I would talk to someone if if they talked to me, but I never wanted to get too engaged because I knew myself and I knew I'd get too pissed off and I'd start making bad plays. I, I, I played better when I was kind of, reserved and joyful but there were players like you and like christian little and other players that i played with an old assistant coach actually i had to scrimmage with us and like he said the same thing that for him talking shit was um shout out coach daniels by the way it's coach coach d so he for him it was um he'd start Mm -hmm. talking he'd start talking because he knew that he'd have to back it up so it's like putting some external pressure on himself to play hard Mm -hmm. and to get after it and that always intrigued me Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. It definitely challenges yourself as well though. I said it, you know, like, you know, you know what you're capable
1: of, but it's like you now you got to back it up. It's kind of a vulnerability a little bit because once you're talking, if you do get bested by the guy you're talking shit to, it's kind of a raw feeling, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. A little bit about just like a winning mentality. So you won, you know, obviously a state championship and your JC you were instrumental in turning our program around. So we had a, uh, you know, we were after having a bunch of a long string of losing seasons um, before you got to Regis. <laughs> we, uh, uh, we, and even before I had gotten there, we, we didn't make the playoffs your year, year, but we were close and we um, were competitive in most games. It was just a whole different, it was like a culture building year. And then your senior year at Regis, you guys won 20 games for the first time. And, many years in school history for the the school hadn't won 20 games in a long time and had you Mm -hmm. one more year eligibility you would have been part of the the first championship RMAC championship in school Mm -hmm. history and then beyond Mm -hmm. that brady brady made everything in practice a competition and he would track statistics uh for all of the the drills we do in practice and so Mm our winning percentage throughout the season we posted and i always remember seeing you at the top of the winning percentage for all of the drills in practice so you had just kind of a an ability it seems like throughout your career you had a, an ability to win games which is obviously what's most important in a player and of course some of that just has to do with your talent as a player you were a versatile player who was very good and every facet of the game you didn't have a weak spot in your game and obviously that helps you win but it also just seemed like you had a way of figuring out how to how to win and to stay consistent um Mm -hmm. how are you able to put that together as a player um
0: it's just loving loving to win Hmm. um loving to say i won you know like i beat you Mm -hmm. you know and um because like because that's another thing like you you know me bill i love to talk i love to talk shit (laughs) so like nobody can ever say shit to me because i beat you like you know so like i can you can say you can you know like you can make fun of me about something be like but did you win today you know like i can kill the whole joke with just that simple like but did you win you know and that's something that kind of uh excites me to be honest. Um it's it's nice, man. It's uh started started really young just being competitive with my brothers. Um obviously me being two years younger and then four uh, four years younger than my oldest brother. Um obviously I wasn't supposed to be winning, you know. So I took all my losses at an early age.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and ever since I you know, just hit that point where I was like, Wow, I gotta learn, you know, how to win You know, and it it started with, you know, close games, how do you close out a game to win, you know, and um, just, you know, if you really want to get technical, like, you got to really put winning into, like, everything that you do on this, on the basketball court. To me, when it was a drill, like, there was those one-on-one drills where you got to, you know, beat him to the spot, like. That's how you get better by being like, am I gonna beat him? Then I won. I won if I beat him to the spot, you know. And coach had us do on the sideline, you know, he forced us like baseline. We had to force them baseline and we had to cut them off. It's just like you got to take that right angle to beat them there, and just like I really took pride in that because that means I did my job. Like just take everything with a winning attitude and.
1: It's like like, so it's like uh, like micro victories. So it's like uh, sounds sounds like what you're saying is. The big wins the championships come from all the times that you beat you know c- force the guy on the baseline to go baseline yeah. and when you cut the guy right, the ball handler right. off to the spot yeah yeah I, right right that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah the micro yeah i like the way you put that bill word <laughs> what was it micro uh, mic- micro winning? micro Which, micro what did mi- you say? micro victories
2: micro victories Maybe that's, yeah. that'll be the title of the episode
1: We'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Noah King. All right. um, So what if you were leaving high school again today? Um, Is there anything you'd want to change about the trajectory of your career? Or is there anything you'd want to emphasize more in how you approached your athletic career? Um,
0: I wouldn't change anything. I would still go the same. You know, I would still go the JUCO route. Mm. Um, but with that being said, um, if I would have not let my my coach take me out my take me out my game my freshman and sophomore year at PC. Mm. Phoenix College um I think that I would have went somewhere bigger um our our whole starting four went to a d1 I was the only one that went to D d2 mm. and um I felt like it's not like the looks weren't there because you know they were getting looks so um I just wasn't doing what I could have been doing mm. and I let the you know I let the coach have a leash on me and you know but I, I just let the coach. I don't know. It, it was a confidence thing for me, Bill. Mm. Um, I you know I I've always honestly had to. You know I always, sometimes I I'll get timid or I'm just being scared of what the coach would say, what the coach you know because if I didn't do something, he will yank me, you know, just have me playing out of fear. But
1: brother, you're uh, you're preaching you, to the choir. I uh, I know how that is. <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs>
0: so you gotta you know you just gotta break that when you and you know if you feel like you broke it and you you're doing you're doing what you want to do on a court and he still you know still sits you for that then that's something that you have to talk to the coach about obviously but um when you holding yourself back how can you get mad at somebody else for holding you back you know like
1: yeah no i i appreciate you saying that because i have I don't know how much you know about my struggles early on at Regis, but mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. time, I, I I pointed every th- I directed all of it at the head coach, just because it was kind of a defense mechanism. And I still you know mm-hmm. have my disagreements about coaching style and blah 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 whatever. But yeah, looking back, I think a lot of it was self-inflicted, and it was my own lack of confidence and security that mm-hmm. ultimately took me. 'Cause there was you know, there are other guys on the team, like Jerry Green, for instance, who was totally confident playing on the same team. So it's not it's definitely it was possible. Um, but it's interesting hearing you say that because you seemed so confident and so poised um at Regis and you had big scoring nights all the time. Um I didn't know that you had mm-hmm. um you felt a little bit stifled at PC.
0: Uh, yeah, that's yeah, let me let me tell you something, Bill. So I got um I got number zero for a reason, man, and that's like My sophomore year and into going summer, I just had to like sit down and just like everybody I knew, like not everybody, but like the starting five from PC that I was playing with, they weren't like better than me. You know, like they did certain things better than me, but overall, I guess that's that's why a lot of coaches love me. You know, they my jugo coach called me the glue guy. You know, and um, just holding the team together. I do all the small things that everybody doesn't. You know, yeah. and things like that. But um, I didn't want to be labeled as the blue guy. You know, like, I didn't want to be, you know, just the guy that makes the extra pass or the guy that, you know, you know. I d- I just didn't want that label because I knew what I was capable of. I knew I could shoot the ball. Like, I mm-hmm. I know, like you know, everybody. I know my mid range was was deadly. I knew that I can shoot. Eighty percent from the field on like any night from the mid range. Like I knew all of that because I worked on it so much, and um, I was just like was, me being afraid of what what he would say or do. I don't know, just took me out. And so going to going into Regis, I picked number zero, man, because I want I, just to remind myself that there would there would never be another game that I won't shoot the ball. Hmm. I, you know, like just remind myself, like I need to score. There's no more, no more times where I'm a have zero point games,
2: mm.
0: you know, or whatever the case may have been, where, you know, or no steals, you know, no rebounds, like no more of that. I have to go get it all. Mm. Like it's just me, it just mm, turned, it just flipped my mindset to me wanting to want more because I know, I knew what I was capable of. I just didn't show everybody. Mm. Like, I can, and, And the thing is, like, I will always go play, you know, pick up ball, you know, with the friends and with my brother and his friends. And they'll ask me how college, you know, how how would you go? You know, and um, it's good, man. And then they'll be like, how come you don't ever do what you do out here in the the college game? Mm. And I always was like, man, I don't know. He said, man, you need to start doing it. Like, you know, like, obviously he sees something that I wasn't seeing, you know, in my games. I just thought I was just doing what the coach asked, you know. Yeah. But, like, yeah. once I got to Regis, I was like, I'm going to do what the coach asked within what I'm capable of doing, you know. No more games where I don't score or no more games where I don't shoot because I used to not shoot, Bill. Like, I used to just make the extra pass, play good, solid defense, you know yeah do small things you know and then once i got to regis like no i need to shoot i need to shoot then uh, that's when we had snyder snyder was the man that snyder and kaufman was like yo shoot the ball like yeah you you can you shoot 40 percent with a hand in your face like shoot the ball yeah and so they them telling me that repetitively every day then you got Trip hyping you up. You know, Trip was the ultimate hype, man, with the we got a shooter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's just like you know the way you know the way Trip used to say, it, so that was always fun, you know, but it's just like, man, just coming just just to play with um you know, uh, players and coaching that that believes in you and just like, you know, is just confident in your game and that you can shoot it, it's just that's what that's what that's what made me that way man
1: yeah man I uh yeah I'm glad we got into this because I didn't know that about you because it you always came off to me as so confident and so yeah and so that it, it's interesting hearing you say that and I totally agree about the coaching staff that we had my senior year and your junior year and I guess yeah for both your years um, they were so good and in, instilling in confidence and I remember Brady blowing the scrimmage dead and yelling at me for passing up a semi semi open shot and early on in, in the season and so that expectation and same thing with coach Snyder he like you know getting on you for for passing up open shots and the rest of the coaching staff too so yeah that really meant a lot to me and it's no wonder that I think um, those teams have had so much success when they instill confidence in their players that way uh, so that's great mm-hmm. um How's your transition been out of sports so far? I know it's for many of us, for me and for a lot of my friends, that can be kind of a jarring transition when you've been playing sports your whole life and um, all of a sudden you don't have another season to train for and you don't have a coach to report to and you don't have a team you're part of. What is, Mm -hmm. how how have you been navigating that so far?
0: Man, it was, it's it's honestly, um, it's honestly, it's honestly like sad
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know um you go your whole life your whole life playing a sport and and um so it's been it's definitely been difficult because i still love the game you know i still play for fun um, i'm I, I can still hand out a couple of bucks here and there
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know when i really when i really want to but um it's all right man and now now i i turned it into spreading knowledge man and just you know whoever hoops still all the young kids I know um I train a kids I got a, a a club team actually that I you know I practice with twice out of the week and we play on Saturdays so um whenever the kids ask for help I give it to them or whenever I have some type of advice I give it to them you know and it's it's fun like it's like they're are a bunch of like my 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 little brothers, basically. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. And that's how I treat them. Like, my little brother's not more of a coach. I wanna, I don't want to coach them. I, like, want to, you know, come, at, come to them as, like, somebody that could inspire them, you know? Yeah. And I, I get on their level to where, like, I joke with them, you know? Like, obviously, I tell them right from wrong and tell them, like, look, if you do this, you can also do this. This is probably be a, a better option. You know, just like little things, like jump stop when you're going to the paint you see people, you know, starting to help. Like, why are you trying to take, you know, an extra step and get the ball? You're, not, you're nine years old. The ball's going to come out. You're not strong enough yet to hold it tight. And it's like they, I see what they try to do, you know, I, because, like, obviously they're watching the NBA and I see what they try to do. And it's just like, y'all don't understand the, you know, the hours that they put in to be able to do these moves yeah. and, you know, to split a double team or to, you know, drive through the lane and Euro step somebody, you know, and so it's just like, you guys got to learn the basics and that's the, you know, that's the, I'm very, I'm, I'm pretty fundamental, I would say. And that's one thing that um a lot of kids are uh, not like, you know, not paying attention to because in the NBA they they're coming up with all of these side steps and this and that. So
1: Yeah, the flashy you know. the flashy fun stuff that you have to layer on over yeah. thousands of hours yeah. of the simple boring shit, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And so and that's what they all want to do. They wanna be like James Harden and stuff, curve and come down and just shoot. Just like you're not even strong enough to just come down and do any of that. What are you practicing it for? Like you can't even make you know 30 layups in a row what do you like <laughs> right. so it's just like right just um i like to spread that knowledge man so it actually you know it actually uplifts me honestly i love it actually
1: nice man yeah i think you uh i'd love to see you in a, a situation like skill development or coaching youth basketball or I, i've heard you mention to me before having your own gym or academy or something because Mm-hmm. not only can you you're so knowledgeable on the court you're such a high iq basketball player and you know so much about the game mm-hmm. and about strategy and about just the nuances of basketball you can spread mm-hmm. that knowledge and be of great value to young people who want to play but just the kind of person you are i think you can be a really good influence and do a lot of good in that space so i encourage you to mm-hmm. to push in that direction i think you could do a lot of good in that in that way
0: yeah appreciate that bill
1: yeah man um you ready for some rapid fire questions to finish it off yeah yeah. all right you can take as long as or as Mm -hmm. short as you want here um all right you've got to put together a a starting five in the nba right now who are you taking um
0: starting five i will go with mm, i'm gonna go with anthony davis at the center Go Giannis at the power four. Go LeBron at the three. No, no, I'm sorry. Go KD at the three. Mm. Put, um, put Clay at the two and LeBron at the one.
1: Mm.
0: I don't think nobody can stop them.
1: That's a tough, that's a tough lineup, my friend. That's tough.
0: Uh, very, very long, very long.
1: Yeah, yeah what uh who's going to reach the NBA finals pause. this pause <laughs> pause pause <laughs> yes who's going to reach the finals this year and then who's going to win
0: the lakers are for sure going and they're going to win it all that's my team and they're going to go up against i'm have to go with uh with the bucks
1: bucks lakers with the lakers the, the, winning
0: the, yeah, Bucks against Lakers, man, that's probably they probably ha- haven't had that those two compete in the finals probably for a while. Yeah. That'll be nice to see.
1: Yeah. What's your favorite animal?
0: Wow. A lion.
1: Nice. How come?
0: A lion. King of the jungle. My last name <laughs> King. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and just they just they just got that hunger in them too. You know, I actually used to watch uh you know the National Geographic. Yeah. What is it? Um what is it called? I forget what it's called. But yeah, I used to watch those shows, man, and just taught me about it. I was like, Wow, a line is pretty hard. It just happened to be my, my last name is King. And they the king of the jungle, so why not?
1: Why not? That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh Kendrick Cole or Drake.
0: Cole for sure. I don't even know why I took so long, neither. I don't yeah. know why I took so long, Bill. That's my favorite.
1: <laughs> Good man. Um, okay, what's what's the coolest environment you ever played in, in a game, like in terms of the crowd? Mm. Mm.
0: Damn, Bill. I probably got two. Probably got
1: two. All right, let's hear both of them.
0: Okay. The, my favorite one was actually i'm sorry i got three okay (laughs) all right (laughs) one of them one of them was uh against metro at their place home court my senior year and we were down oh yeah and i just hit like two big time back-to-back threes like Mm -hmm. like from deep Mm -hmm. one was one one of them was from deep the other one was like right there on the line but like and it just like gave us that that little momentum that we needed to get over that little hump and win that game yeah and um
1: that was Dexter's game winner at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, Dexter hit the hit little the tip in. Yeah. Yeah, and then so that was probably like one of my favorites just because like how much the game meant and like the just the team um that was a great team win that we got. And um then the my next the next one that was great was actually going against Metro again my senior year. When we played them in the playoffs and I was going off, like I hit like four threes in the first half.
2: Mm.
0: And um, that was just like a great, you know, atmosphere. Like
2: yeah,
0: two two schools down the street from each other, you know, kind of like a little rivalry. And um, then my last game, this one was actually kind of painful at the time, but it was great to play in because the crowd was like, their student section went crazy and that is Adam state. It was, um, I was actually dating or talking to Selena at the time and her, the dude she used to talk to had went to Adam state. Hmm. And uh, one of his boys was like talking mess to me and was like, yeah, I taught Selena everything, blah, 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 this and that. And I actually did pretty well against them. So hmm. I was like, you know, like back, I was like talking to him but like backing it up at the same time like oh, this nigga talking about my shorty, like hold on <laughs> like, like hold on, I might have to really throw the ball at him like on accident but on purpose. <laughs> like
1: I don't know what's worse between that and uh my freshman year at Adams State, I still had really bad acne and
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: they were literally chanting in the student section, like proactive, proactive, which is like a, like a <laughs> face wash <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: one that's that's messed up man (laughs) but those would be my they're ruthless out in Adam state it's those schools it's those those teams where um there's nothing else to do in the area where the crowds are crazy right it's like what else right everybody gets drunk and goes to the game yeah
0: and then go and go out right afterwards at a little house party or something yep yeah that's those schools yep (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense
1: (laughs) they got nothing else to do well good man um well that's all i got it's been really really great getting you on here thank you for doing that for doing this and um yeah it was definitely you're on my short list of favorite teammates i've played with it was really a pleasure playing with you my senior year you were part of the reason why that was such a special season for me and um then coaching you too the next year and just the the friendship we developed so i really really appreciate Mm -hmm. everything you've done and um, uh we'll have to have you back on here at some point
0: Definitely, man. I appreciate the opportunity, Bill. You know, you was always you was always one of my shooters, man. I had you and J B. I had the right and left, like
1: <laughs> locked and loaded. yes.
0: Which one of y'all ready to you know Which one of y'all ready to empty y'all clip real quick, like <laughs> that's my man's right there. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate you, man, for real, Bill. You got. I'm, a, I'm a, um. I'm gonna be out there in Denver soon. I'm trying to come out there before the you know before school ends. Um you know get before everybody basically leave all the seniors like christian and all the seniors just leaving um before they go back home yeah just one last time with all the fellas you know all my young bulls yeah man so when i get out there there man i'm gonna hit you for sure
1: all right man i look forward to seeing you out there uh when you get out here man sounds good
0: all right appreciate it man thanks bill you got it all right man i'll talk to you soon bye-bye